irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Excellent. We got another great show here. Uh, I'm Keith Razor with my trusty sidekick, Alan Lee. Hello, everybody. Hi, Silver and away. <laughs> what? Uh, well, you know, you've cast me as Tonto and uh, keeping everything real. Okay, well, in that case. I'm here with my other trusty sidekick, Megan Jenkins. All right. Hi. I didn't bring a horse. <laughs> oh, well, and tonight we have a guest in the studio, uh, one of the best uh, comedians around. He was he wrote for Roseanne. He has an HBO special and a Showtime special, and he was on a WTF with Mark Miron. <laughs> I told you earlier on how to pronounce that. You may see him earlier. Oh, Alan. No, it's Mark Marone. I know. Marin. Marin. I know. <laughs> Not Marone or Moronic. No, but we have the great Alan Steven here tonight. Yes, indeed. Alan Stevens. Hello. Hello. How you doing, buddy? Fine. And you? Doing good. The joke about the Mark Marin thing is because uh, we had Jeff Richards on a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I like I always say people's last names wrong. And then, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I love that show, WTF, with Mark Maron. And he's like, yeah, I, wait, you mean Marin, right? Oh, <laughs> people I like you it. meant you got Jeff Richards wrong. Jeff Ricardo. <laughs> Jeff Ricardo. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, Alan, what's going on, man? You've you been doing the road a lot? No, I don't do the road. You don't? Nope. You, didn't you just do the Laugh Factory? And yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Well, that's not the road. That's Vegas. That, that's the road for me. Nah, Six-hour drive. No, nah, I just shoot in and out. I have family there, and I like Harry. Yeah. I was hanging with Dice, I think, one time. So. Oh, you were there with Dice? Yeah. Yeah? I did the early shows. He did the late shows. Fantastic. Oh. Wow. Is he a cool guy? Yes. Yeah? Very he nice man. Me. He's a nice man. Uh, I've never met him. Just like Howard Stern, what you see is different than what... Well, he's not that far different, but he's just not as amped up or as dicey in person. Really? Because mm-hmm. huh, like, I was watching this interview with Dice, because I've been trying to get him on this show. And I was watching this interview, and uh, he went off on the guy because the guy was like, hey, don't you work at a gym or something? And then he went all nuts and stuff. Oh. You remember that? Is that an I old did. interview? An old interview. Well... Obviously, the guy said something to annoy him. I think it was more than that. Plus, sometimes Dice just likes to do that to create yeah. news. Yeah. Well, I wrote his publicist, and I was like, I promise I won't say anything about a gym. Who's his publicist? Why don't you just ask him? Wait, what are you saying? I think your volume is down. Do you think my volume is Or Alan? Can you hear Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear Alan. Can you hear Alan? Can you hear me? I can hear Alan, Alan. Can you hear me? I'm Alan. All right, that's can, I hear you fine. Can you hear me now? I yeah, can. Yeah, can, you yeah. hear, can, you, can we all hear each other? <laughs> I hear. It was, it was just a little quiet. <laughs> was it just Sorry me? to interrupt. <laughs> was, it, was it just me? <laughs> Strange Twilight Zone episode. Uh, no, they're like giving me these signals like, don't ask that. I was well, like, what I was I asking? She said, you know, yeah, I just wanted the volume up a little bit. Oh. That's, that's how ladies are. They like, like it up. Oh. All right, well. Well, Alan, uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm just—I don't even uh, have anything to say. By Alan, <laughs> Alan, didn't you have a question for Mr. Yeah. Steven? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, 
since you mentioned uh, dice, I remember a small little thing that dice was having a, a, a little feud with uh, with uh, it was uh, for heaven's sakes, Kennison. Remember they dice were back and, and forth. Sam are having a, a feud. Yeah, that's what. T- tell me. Hard to believe. Okay, well we'll, we'll delete that. <laughs> Those two have a feud with everybody. Yeah. Dice is really a nice guy. Yeah, it was kind of a Sam, fun thing. Well, Sam was a jealous idiot. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, I love Sam. Yeah, you know, I thought any... First off, they're night and day. I would think so, yes. And, uh, you know, Sam always thinks everybody's in his arena stealing from him, but not the case. Yeah. I'm on Dice's side in that battle. Uh, well, you heard it right here. Boy, you guys are current on the news. <laughs> so guy, guy's dead 25 years. <laughs> well, Just another little piece of trivia. Pop no. culture, you guys. Huh? No, another in. footnote. That, that's actually a great segue into uh, one into of your private. Yeah. <laughs> was, was, you used to write for Roseanne. She's still alive. She's still yeah, alive. she is still yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, I was on that uh-huh. show for a few years and uh, last year. In an executive capacity, but it was fun. Yeah, she's a great lady, and uh, uh, I know her. Oh, geez, thirty some years. Yeah, wow. she uh, just unfollowed me on Twitter. It really hurt my feelings. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. Here's what happened. Uh, my trusty uh, co-host Megan tweeted uh, Roseanne about doing the show, and Roseanne responded, "Yes, send me three questions." So then Megan texts me, and she's like, ask Roseanne three questions. And I was like, well, should I private message her since we follow each other? And Megan's like, no, she said it on Twitter, do it on public. So I was like, okay. So, you know, I don't know if you know what Twitter is, but Twitter... <laughs> well, I've been on the planet now for a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but tw- I've taken some courses that are for aliens, and I've, I've, I've been explaining the Twitter. Okay, so okay, so we could avoid that five-minute awkwardness. But um, so Twitter, you only could tweet 140 questions, you know? So the three questions I was tweeting, Roseanne, it turned out, you know, 140 and then tweet, 140 and then tweet. So she got, like... Maybe twenty tweets for me. <laughs> That's more than three. <laughs> no, well, it, I didn't think that would scare anyone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you, you know, you got to remember. Uh, even now, she's a huge star, yeah. and at some point, it becomes stalkish. Yeah. Well, see. Yeah. Well, so see. Imagine somebody that doesn't know you that's sitting there going. What is this guy's problem? And around the nineteenth time, she's got to go. You know what? I'm not doing this. No. So, <laughs> so, so here's what happened. Yeah. Block and block. <laughs> so, so here's what happened. So then I tweeted the questions, and then she never responded. And I was like, hey, I texted me, and I was like, hey, did Roseanne ever te- text you back? No, She's- no. Keith texts me, and he goes, stop tweeting Roseanne. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So wait a minute. I don't make not operate the tweet. Yeah, but you do. No, I I I do my Twitter and apparently repeatedly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But you, so you, you might want to take that course. I just. <laughs> <laughs> but see the but the thing is is like um I I have Asperger's so you know and on my Twitter it says that you know and. uh yeah, you know, so uh, I thought Roseanne knew that because well, around she, the fourteenth one, you go okay, <laughs> and a stalker. 
<laughs> you know, you know that only gets you stalker. so far in this world. So <laughs> it's a cold out there. So, so then, so then I waited like two hours, and I never heard back from Roseanne. And at this time, she's still following me, right? So then I thought, okay, I'll direct message her, which is private. <laughs> I was like, hey, Rosanna. So those are the three questions. As you can tell, the podcast is more about talking and getting to know people. And then she responded. She's like. I, I said contact my publicist and stop asking me or I'll block you. And then she sent me her publicist's email and then she unfollowed me. And you Twittered him 300 times? No, <laughs> I, I, I emailed him, but I thought if Roseanne really hated me, she wouldn't have sent me. Well, the- no, let me no. think. In the world of call my publicist, yeah, that's a blow off. Really? Yeah. Uh oh. So, Alan, are you worried that you think he's stalking Roseanne and then we have you on the show right no, now? I, you know, I have fat little fingers, so when I. <laughs> I even text sometimes it comes out looking like another language. So my suggestion to Keith is uh, maybe stop hitting that same button. <laughs> the celebrity, the less intrusive you want to be. Yeah. So 20 times and then a private message seems a little... Uh, yeah, that's what I said. But, Megan, to be fair, did you not tell me to tweet that? I, uh, to be fair, I didn't know you were going to tweet her 40 times. Uh-huh. I thought you were going to tweet three questions because I, I did. I tagged your name in it, well, so I thought she would know it was you. Sent? Oh, no, because uh, each one got resent because there's only 140 characters. So my questions were like longer than 140 <laughs> questions. Like one question I said, because like I, I opened up for Tom Arnold, I was like, hey, are you and Tom Arnold still on good terms? And then. You know, oh, my publicist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, did. What guy? Um. I don't know. I got distracted. Forget it. Why would you ask anybody who's divorced? Boy, are we current, what, 20 years? Yeah. We yeah. don't kid around. It's a historical show. Well, I just found out they got divorced. <laughs> oh, man. Man. No, but, uh, but no. So I I didn't, I mean, like, I could see where, but Megan was like, hey, tweet her. I was like, I'd rather just DM her. But she said tweet her, so I did. So, like. To be fair, yes, it was my fault, but it was also 50% my new co-host's fault. I, I wouldn't say 50%. There, I, there, I, it sounds like she was doing her job, I suggest. I got her to. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You were tagged in it, so I thought she knew that you would be. It just made sense, because I told her you were the host, so I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Miss- Maybe I shouldn't have favored it and retweeted every question you... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she started it, and then I finished it. I had no part of this. Yeah, Mr. Lee did not have it. I don't get involved. So what other celebrities have you stalked for the show? Stalked for the show? Oh, I haven't stalked anyone. I, I don't know where Roseanne lives. But, I mean, uh, we're looking at John Cusack. Who's stalking him? Yeah. I mean, I'm stalking him. Really? She's stalking yes, him. Right. Yeah. I've been making collages. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, this is serious. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't think that has anything to do with the show. Well, I, I, I'm a huge John Cusack fan, but I am, yeah. I think she has other things in mind than you do. Yeah, she obviously does. <laughs> yeah, but I got like a sleeping I, bag in the back yeah. of my car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. But see, like, uh, John Cusack, a lot of people don't know about John Cusack, is uh, he does karate, or like kickboxing. Mm. And I find that subject well, very... next time I'm in the alley with him, I won't challenge him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's current, too. <laughs> back issues of Us from 1990. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
So back in 1990, <laughs> did um did you know that Darlene was going to be gay? Did you know? Were there any signs? Like, did she bring any women to the set or or? Oh, in real life. Yeah. Well, and. Dorothy I can't think of her real name. I know, but I can't think of her real name. Sarah Gilbert. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> uh, I think the question is: Did you know that she was going to like the ladies? Yeah. Well, I think it was a mixed bag, and tell you the truth, uh, all I was concerned about was how good she was, and she always delivered. Yeah, she was you really know, talented. Keep up with everybody's nonsense there. But, you know, besides the stars, there's a crew, and you live together. It's like a family. So, uh, of course, you hear everybody's nonsense, but you put it aside. It's like working in a restaurant. You ever do mm. that? You know, everybody's business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, they're, they're nine years, so you get on each other's nerves. Somebody misquotes something. But it's, you know, on the day's work. How many... How many writers were, like, on each season? 4,000. 4,000? That's no, a lot. No, some shows can do it. She had 26. 26. Per season? Which is a lot. Wow. I think, you know, a lot of shows. You know, a network show, you got to remember, you're turning out, at least in my day, 24 to 26 shows a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to have a real rating. You know, what a top show rated today is a three or a four. We used to get 19s into the 20s, and we were thrown off the air. Uh, so the business has changed that way. Yeah. You know? Well, I think because there's a lot more more shows and a lot more um, stations now than they were back then. A lot of competition, less yeah. quality. Yeah. That's that's a good strategy of what I was going to say. Because, like, I think Roseanne was, like, a great show. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, nowadays I can't even think of it show that really sticks in your head. I, mean, I think the last one... Well, they're one, there, but you got to look through them because it's either on Netflix or Hulu. If you're talking network, I don't think there are any network shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chuck Lorre, I don't know. Every now and then, I, you know, you know, Mom is trying to be, uh, you know, tackle today's subjects. Even that Carmichael show is trying, even though, you know, the real reason that's on the air is David Allen Greer and the one playing his wife. Yeah, you know, like with Raymond, you know, you're tuning in for the parents, yeah. but they're mm-hmm. all trying to be controversial and tackle issues, and also just the language on network TV. Uh, I think Seinfeld or I was the first to bleep a sitcom, and uh, then we used to push the envelope all the time and get in trouble for it. And I just saw a commercial for something on MTV. I just thought it was disgusting the uh, the other day, and I'm no prude. Right. It's just that now it's all shock, no content. Yeah, I agree. I don't like watching 16 and Pregnant either. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, someone got there first. <laughs> Damn, I had my eye on that little 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess that's an MTV show. But, um, but no. MTV. MTV used to make such beautiful videos. I remember Richard Belzer, I think, starred in the first video. A Pat Benatar video might have been the first or second one or something like that. But uh, now you tune in and it's like everything but a music video unless it's four in the morning. Yeah. I mean, just nonsense. That's true, yeah. But then again, what do I know? One time I had a pitch at Oxygen. And I had hired the lady who I was pitching to. I had used her uncle on Arliss. Uh, his name's escaping me now. Really talented, funny man. And uh, so I you know, had something in common, we're talking, 
and they had just put on a show at the time called Bad Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of going, what an annoying show. That one heavy set girl should be taken out and choked and beaten with a wet rag. And she goes, oh, you mean the one that gets 20,000 letters a week? Or maybe she shouldn't. <laughs> so there goes selling the show I was there for. I, uh, I have to change the subject for two seconds because I got a tweet from uh, the person who's sponsoring this episode, and I forgot to mention it. Uh, but this episode of Raise a Wrist with the great Alan Steven is being sponsored by a stand-up magazine. So you could uh, get the order of stand-up magazine on astandupmagazine.net. And this month's cover has Theo Vaughn on it. And uh, All right, back to Alan Steven. <laughs> Very good. You're going to plug a little more than that. Uh, yeah, we're going to plug it away during the whole show. Yeah, but it's stand-up magazine. Yeah, pop culture. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he actually wanted me to ask you if you want to do the the magazine, and I, I said, "Do I have to do it new?" No, 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 no. <laughs> Back in the seventies, they asked me to do. Uh, I think Elaine Boozler had a friend that did play girl, uh-huh. and I was very flattered, but I didn't see how that would help my comedy career. And there was no need to be laughed at. I like to be laughed with, <laughs> so I passed on that. But sure, I'll do stand up. There you go. Not only did we plug it, but you hooked me without any stalking. Z <laughs> uh, is publicist. Oh, man. So, Mr. Lee, didn't you have some uh, uh, comedy store questions? Oh, you know, I, since and, you know, it's ancient history, and so I feel that... Yeah. You know, when you that, talk, that. I feel like a shrink in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a soft voice. I'm waiting for I him to go. I appreciate that. And then they beat you. And they, they, <laughs> they really hurt oh, you. I see where the problem is. Oh, my. <laughs> wow, what a voice. Uh, no, you're such, you know, he's, he's a historical, uh, a, you know, just a complete encyclopedia of that period, which really, you know, we had our. I like song. how you started with historical and backed off of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Argus, uh, let me tell you about Argus. We love Argus. We started at the same time, but his mind for the past, he'll give you dates and times and tell you what color shirt everybody had on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's what he did here. He did that. Incredible mind. He he was telling us how, like, uh, Richard Pryor used to have uh, the Thursday show every December and sold it out. And then I was like, oh, did this happen every week? He's like, oh, it happened about once a month. And then I was like, so it started in December? And he, like, remembered every single date. I was like, Well, when he was getting ready to do a concert, he would come in every night. Yeah. And that would go on for three or four months. And what he'd do is he'd come in with no material. And they'd all be going, Richard, do this, do that. And he goes, did it already. (laughs) And he'd talk for, like, three minutes and walk off. And they'd go, what was that? And then, you know, sometimes I'd follow him. Like, I'll tell you what that was. That was called free. (laughs) I got in free to see him. But then the next <laughs> night, you know, it might be five minutes. By the end of the week, it might be 12 minutes. Uh, By the end of the month, it might be 15 minutes. And that's how he built each concert. He built it at the store. Now, do you still go to the comedy store a lot? or Rare occasions. Yeah. You know, she's not there. Yeah. Uh, there's only a handful of people that I... I you know, I, sadly, I go for the memorials because I always speak. Yeah. But you don't like perform and stuff. It's too crazy over there anymore, and um, homogenized for me. Yeah. And the politics of it, it doesn't interest me. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Uh, Alan Bursky uh, swung by. 
Yes, he called me that night. He might have mentioned that to you. Yes, he called me that night to tell me the new manager was a nice guy, and apparently Alan, who I happen to like, must have been in a good Very nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. Adam Eget is a great guy. We love Adam. He worked with him at the Ventura Comedy Club. He was there before it was like, he might have been there before Mitzi even had it, when Sammy had it. Mm -hmm. Because he's the youngest guy ever on The Tonight Show. Have you had him on? Who, Alan Bursky? Yeah. Uh, no, we have not. But we, yeah. yeah. He's the youngest guy to ever do The Tonight Show. Then he did whatever sitcoms was out then, and the Mervs and the Mikes. <laughs> and then his best friend was Fred, Freddie Prince. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, and I, then, wait, then he becomes a top agent, a top manager. He's worth talking to. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I did the... Well, I didn't know him you can stalk. <laughs> <laughs> I did the... he is a publicist. I did the, I did the Ventura Comedy Club... Uh, a couple of years ago with Ventura Ida, Harbor yeah Ventura Harbor Comedy Club with a couple of years ago with Ida Rodriguez and Alan Bursky was the special guest drop-in and he watched my setting and he said that I was the funniest guy he's ever seen in the past week so I was like oh okay like I didn't know who he was he's like I've only I, I'm coming back into stand-up now Listen, for Alan so, to do that he must have thought you're funny yeah he's not a compliment guy it really yeah, yeah so it was like because he said he was just now getting back into it. He said he does cruise ships and stuff. And then he's like, yeah, I was the youngest guy to be on The Tonight Show. And then I thought, oh. And then when he said he was Freddie Prince's best friend. I was like, oh, he must have been one of those guys that... Because Freddie Prince is a, is a comic who uh, killed himself. I think he was gone by 23. Yeah. So he accomplished movies, a hit sitcom, and was a headliner in Vegas. Played the White House. That's right. 23, I think. The White House. Goes. Played the White House? He didn't tell me that. Everything you can do, everything you can do, Freddie Prince did in a very short time. Oh, I thought we were talking about Alan Bursky. Well, Alan has quite a career, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Uh, we were all at Freddie's funeral. It's the first celebrity funeral I've ever attended. Yeah. That was, uh, that must have been terrible because, like, I, I always see uh, him on the, like, YouTube and stuff, and it was just so funny and stuff. And then, like, uh, he has a son uh, called Freddie Prince Jr. Did you know that? Well, that's what you would call a son. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Who's married to a celebrity and is a producer and yeah, yeah, yeah. actor. Yeah. But see, like, I, uh, I don't want to get Freddie Prince Jr. on the show because uh, I'd ask him questions about Freddie Prince. Well, uh, he wouldn't know any except what he knows from his mother and people like Alan Bersky. Yeah. Because he was a baby, baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like at the comedy store, I also heard that I mean, during the strike, uh, there was a comic that had killed himself that you were there for, that he jumped off the bridge or something. I believe my buddy Mitchell Walters was there, and as he looked out the window, he said, "Alan, I think it's raining cats and comics." <laughs> that's what you, yeah. <laughs> So tell us, tell us the story. What happened? Well, there was a strike, which is a very long story. Yeah. But there was a cat named Steve LeBeckin, and uh, he was part of a team, and he wasn't, and he was. And uh, he jumped off the Hyatt house and missed the comedy store. He hit the ramp. But uh, he was striking out front, and he looked out the window and said, what's he doing there? He's supposed to be in La Jolla tonight. I'm not going to have a guy strike and then work. So uh, I think she canceled them. And then back then, people who were crazy thought she controlled show business. And it got to him. 
but um, I remember they, this is such a long story, they put a, a, a dummy in her office, they broke in and said she killed him. Truth of the matter is, I helped clean out of his, his apartment. He had shoe boxes dating back a couple of years. Dear mom and dad, I want to take my life. So it was always in the back of his mind. It wasn't a happy, well put together mentally man, and he found an excuse. But to say it was just because of his strike uh, is a little absurd. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's scary. You cleaned out his apartment too, and you found all these. Well, it wasn't scary. Well, no, for like. I knew the guy. I forget yeah. there was a few of us. So I don't even know how, remember how I got there. I'm sure Argus would. Yeah. And then, uh. It's weird because, like, a well, lot of. sure he used to get on the roof of the store and pee down on the comics. <laughs> Did he really? You've yep. heard that. You've yep. heard that. I've never heard that. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> Yellow rain. Wow. Yep. Uh, I heard that you used to babysit Pauly Shore. Uh, and he lived with me for a year in La Jolla. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Was he like a, a rug rat? Of, well, yeah. depends on what year you got him. When, they were, <laughs> when he was trying to be normal and had a little league team, we used to all take his mom's limo, and we'd sit there in the stands, and you would hear this. Will Paulie Shore's family and our friends please tone down the language and be quiet? <laughs> Poor kid, that's how he grew up. Originally, Mom went with uh, Steve Landisberg, if you know who he was. Yeah. Great comedian. Great comedian. And are we allowed to say dirty words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is, the show is being brought to you by the Stand Up Magazine. All right. Because I remember one day, I think Polly might have been seven. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe six. He was running through the house, and Steve grabbed his arm and said, hey, 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 slow down or I'll rip your dick off. (laughs) (laughs) So this is what Polly grew up with. And he was seven when he said Everybody was his, you know, there was a handful of us that were the inner circle, plus Steve, so... He grew up around nothing but funny and crazy. Yeah. So. Wow. In fact, he didn't want his mom or dad to know he was doing comedy. I'm, I took him out around town before his own dad did. So, And he'd say, when am I ready to see my mom? He'd go, you're ready to see Mitzi. I'll let you know. You can see your mom at any time. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not ready to see Mitzi. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really, how did wow. you get started in, in this? How did I was a uh, I was a model with my mother when I was a kid, and then around nine or ten, she said, "Want to do TV commercials?" And I did that till about thirteen, fourteen. Then I tried school for a while, and then I went to college briefly, and it was all about acting for me. And I came out here to be an actor, and I met two comics, Mitchell Walters and a guy named Bobby Lord. And I hung with them, and they said, you ought to come to the store. And they needed bodies back then, and I auditioned, and I got in. That's awesome. And nine years later, I became funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, because like, uh, uh, I've been doing stand-up for a while, and I've only been funny for maybe two years. Well, Buddy Hackett and those from that generation, and, and even now, uh, it takes about ten years. There right. are exceptions, like a Robin Williams. But it takes about 10 years. could go faster, but to learn to be funny at 2 in the morning, 2 in the afternoon, uh, is a big difference. To play to 2 people, to 20,000 people, it's a big difference. So to, to encompass everything, to become a well-rounded comedian and understand it and finally know sometimes it's about the material, sometimes it's about the tricks. Mm-hmm. depends on what kind of comic you are, and sometimes it just has to do with you're just plain funny. 
Now, I have a question. Which one do you enjoy more? Did you enjoy stand-up or writing? Stand-up more. But I do enjoy writing when I see them produced. Uh-huh. And, of course, the money's beyond ridiculous, so it's a tough question for me. <laughs> uh, well, no, because, like, uh, Fred Wolf, he's one of my favorite... Uh, do you know who Fred Wolf is? Yes, I do. Yeah, he's one of my favorite writers. You stalked him? No, 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 I have not stalked him. <laughs> But uh, I love Fred Wolf, and then uh, he's one of my favorite writers because I think everything he writes is so funny. But I've never seen a stand-up, and I hear he was a great stand-up. You know, I, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, you know, everybody has their taste in stand-up. I remember, and I know this fellow has a few books out, and I could see his face. But a hundred years ago, I worked with this guy, I can't remember his name, in New York, and he couldn't buy a laugh. I went on and I killed and I had driven him there. I picked him up and driving back, he says, boy, I wish, wish I could get it down like you. Was it Fred Stoller? Yes. And the oh, next night. that's oh, right. The next no night. Way. You, you told next me night, this. Yeah. I'm watching The Tonight Show and I go, wait a minute. What the hell's that crap? He's been feeding me and I'm throwing <laughs> shoes at the TV. I go, but his thing is some cats uh, are born for a live audience. Some are born to do five, six minutes. My whole thing was all I ever wanted to be was a lounge comic in Vegas. The director wants you to talk more into the mic. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was comfortable, director. Uh, I, so, I actually have another Twitter question for him. It's no, about sorry. Roseanne again. I'm uh, sorry. That's all right. Um, so I actually I looked this up, so I'm a little uncomfortable asking because I know you wrote this last She's episode. One of my dearest friend. <laughs> I, I love her. Oh, dearest. no, it's not even about her. It's about the actual last episode. Well, before you start, and that person's listening, I will tell you, there's no way to make everybody happy ending a show, because everybody has a preconceived notion. We got beat up pretty good. However, a few years later, we still are uh, considered one of the top ten two-part endings ever. That was Mm. good. But I'll take that question now. (laughs) It, It was just, how did you feel about it? How did you feel about the last episode? The very last half hour... I felt great about because I wrote it. Uh, and I thought, how do I put this? I thought the message that was given was terrific if somebody's really listening. And the weirdest part is she said to me, I just want something to say at the end, maybe on the screen. And I had a saying in my pocket by uh, T.J. Elliott or whoever, I forget. And I had had it in there for 15, 16 years. I mean, it was unfolding it, it would crumble. And that's the saying that went up on the screen. Wow. And I think it's a positive message. Also, we didn't go out on a ha-ha-ha because people realized uh, John Goodman had died. Uh-huh. Uh, John Goodman, I mean Dan Connor. Uh-huh. And what you saw might necessarily not been the way these characters really were. Because yeah. people are flawed. So... Uh, I dare anybody to watch it now and not cry, because the end will tear your guts out. And I thought, what an interesting way to go, because in the tears, maybe they'll hear the message. With the laughter, that's all they'll remember. I felt pretty good about it. That's that's good. That's That's cool. Was there a lot of conflict at the writer's table about it at all? Well, nobody wants to end a series. Uh, What Roseanne and I did is we didn't want anybody to know including the people around us, because, you know, when you're on those things, you don't know who's on the on the National Enquirer's take. So uh, 
believe she was staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel and I took a tape recorder over there. And everything you hear her talking about when she's sitting at the desk was recorded in her hotel room. Oh, that's really cool. Then what we did is on the set, she sat at the desk and I had a stopwatch and she went and silently looked around and was thinking because you heard her thoughts. And we didn't play the thoughts, but we had it already recorded. And then she'd do it for two minutes. And I'd say cut, and she'd do it for three minutes, then four minutes, then five minutes, because we didn't know exactly what we were going to use. And then we put it in to whichever one we decided time-wise. That's really interesting. Yeah. That's very cool. So not everybody really knew how yeah. it was ending. Because I'm sure everybody would have uh, listen the powers that be had a different way they wanted that whole year to go. Well, that was great. Uh, they did not want her to win the lottery. And in the beginning, everybody hated it, but I believe some colleges now teach it as a course. Oh, really? And her goal was to just show what happens when people who think it's all about money get that money. Mm -hmm. And it really doesn't change your problems. That's very true. So I think we managed to do that in a comedic way. Like there's one where Dan Goodman's away. And one of the reasons we did this is for some reason John had a deal the last year where he didn't have to do a bunch of episodes. So what do you do? So we had him go have an affair because he had his mother locked up the first year in a mental institution, which, by the way, Debbie Reynolds played in ninth year and was hysterical, but it was a dark episode. We had written something else, and she came and said, my daughter has a better idea. I come and I want to kill my son. Okay. <laughs> but it was a little dark, a little dark. But there was an episode where he comes home, and we shot it like a soap opera. So there's little hints along the way. But I don't think anybody ever thought of looking at the show that way. But if you go back and look at it the, the last year, who wins $300 million and stays in the same house? And just redecorates the dump. That's you know what I mean? very true. Oh, how interesting. So there's I'm little clues that. along the way that what you're seeing. And then somebody once wrote, well, I hope it's not a dream. Boy, that book was almost. <laughs> and I'll tell you how brilliant she is. We really didn't know where we were going. She just said she wanted to win the lottery. And nobody wanted to do it. So I said, let's do it. And I argued with the powers that be, and that was that. And uh, uh, it, it, it was, she says to me around the third episode, boy, we can't do a dream. They'll kill us. And this is how good her mind works. I think year two, Alan, in one of the episodes, they built me a room downstairs to write. Dig up that episode. And she flashes back to that, I think. How smart. And brings it all full circle. But that's how her mind that's works. Brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's yeah, brilliant. That's how her mind works. So I liked it. Yeah, uh -huh. that's really neat. I liked it. And I got to have my name on an ending episode of one of the greatest shows of all time. Yeah. That, so that's, it was an honor on a million levels, yeah, let amazing. alone she's my friend. That's true. So I, cool. How, did, how yeah. did you do when the when the Becky transition happened? I When we bought her back or when we replaced her? Both. Because she came back. Yeah, yeah. And I think we dealt <clears throat> all, with that. All of it. On a credit tag where we did, you might be too young, but Patty Duke had a show. Mm -hmm. And uh, she played twins. She mm -hmm. played the, the wacky rock and roll and then the proper English girl. Yeah, the Patty Duke show. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. the theme was, here's Patty And the song compared the difference. So even though these two girls really didn't look alike, we did the exact dance and choreography that Patty Duke does using special effects only we didn't have the special effect. Mm -hmm. The two girls just faced each other like it was a mirror, and we did the Batty Duke theme. 
And that's how we explained her coming I like back. It. I like oh. it. Just blew it off in a joke. I like that. Wow, that's cool. But I totally agree with you. I think Roseanne is one of the top uh, sitcoms. I think definitely top five. You know what I mean? Whenever yeah. someone asks me, you know, what are my favorite sitcoms, I say Roseanne is definitely in the top five. Because it's like, I only can Here's where it's at. She's such a powerful presence. And how many sitcoms can you run off that were dominated by women? Exactly, yeah. You know, Mary Tyler Moore. Maybe, well, Carol Burnett didn't have a sitcom. So really, what is there, two women? Yeah. I mean, there's been others that had it, but I mean that... Lucy. And Lucy, yeah. So look at the company she's in. Look at the company. You're not going to include that girl. No, Alana. Listen, I love that girl. That's a great <laughs> you know, here's a trivia question for you because you seem to like the past. <laughs> uh, George Carlin, you know, she was yes. an actress in that in that sitcom. That Correct. Girl. George Correct. Carlin was her agent. This is before oh he's my the hippie wow. dippy weatherman. Thank you. He uh, is before all his fame. He had short hair and a, a suit. suit and a tie. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Not that George Carlin. All no, enough. originally he was part of a team, I believe, and then when he went yep. out, it was like Pryor wanted to be Cosby. Uh, you should look up on YouTube. Pryor That's a in great a suit, trivia. You know, uh, yeah. doing Merv Griffin, trying, and it's painful to watch. Oh, it's amazing. It's painful to watch. Well, it's like, I'm sure if Pryor was alive now, he wouldn't want to be Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the whole idea. We all start somewhere, and in his own way, I'm sure he's way ahead of Cosby. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't think Richard wasn't in the pills. No, he no. got him the other yeah. way. I <laughs> <laughs> tell you, we should all have the action Richard Pryor had, <laughs> legally or illegally. Uh, Cosby, on the other hand, is a snake. Oh, oh have, have you met? Him? Yeah, do you, did you meet? I, He's just full of really. I want to Doctor Cosby. You know, there's you know, if you notice in this world. When some people build themselves up to be greater than anything, the fall is awful hard. You know that Baker guy who had the church? Oh, Tammy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, she was a nice lady. He was crazy. He was kind of strange. She actually did an episode of Rosanna. He he broke down crying. Right. Listen, let me tell you about evangelists. I have sinned. Evangelists will cry. (laughs) I I love that. I thought it was a great thing. Your dog looks depressed. (laughs) Oh, Lord will take you. They they cry like that. (laughs) So that's why Crying is part of their shtick. It is. It is. Very good carnival. Look look at the guy who got caught with the girl who wound up in the penthouse. I mean, just a whore. Just one of the great all-time whores. Swaggered. And he goes on. I have have sinned. No kidding. <laughs> Let's get past that part. <laughs> it was swagger. I'm mean, still playing the piano yeah. when his kids preaching now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the preaching world is like country yeah. western yeah. singer world. There's if a you sitcom. Kill your family, yeah. record a song, there and you your go. fans will go, well, you know, he wasn't right that day. Well, there's a sitcom waiting to happen with preachers crying and breaking down. Oh, the, I'll pitch it after the podcast. <laughs> you know, religion's tough to make That's fun of. That's a tough of. one. Oh, no. It's and a you'd tough, really, tough one. you know, if they do it, if they do it in the style of an entourage yeah. or something like that, really follow a guy. Yeah. Not go for the comedy, but follow the, sure. the disease of these people <laughs> that suck the life and last dollar out of, you know, people oh. that just want to believe in something. Sure. It's just sad. 
Listen, anytime you have a desk full of letters and you wave your hands over and you go, <laughs> all right, you're all blessed. <laughs> or give me a call if you want God water or Jesus water or whatever they're selling. I love God water. You know, they're water. taking it right out of the spicking going, oh, yeah, yeah, put our name on there. Put our name on there. It'd be funny if this person was played by Bill Cosby. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was so disappointed. I, I like how Bill, I, I don't know if he's frail now or not, yeah. uh-huh. but he shows he up in court like he hasn't seen anything in nine years. <laughs> like he's Helen Keller. One guy's got his arm leading him. He's dragging his one leg. Yeah, you're 80, but, uh, you know, seriously. Seriously. Well, I'm, I'm a strong believer of your answer until you're proven guilty, so I'm pretty sure... Really? We, yeah. Well, when almost close to 60 women have the same story and they don't know each other, so, oh, no. you're guilty. So what I, I'll go out on a, on a limb here. So what, <laughs> J-E-L-L-O. Yellow. So what I was... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what I was going to say... with a little pill. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is I'm... I'm oh, pretty I'm, pop. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure of all 70 of the crimes he's been charged with, I'm sure he's only committed 68. Oh, like, I'm sure one or two of them are lying. I don't think they're ca- counting the two that uh, that lied. Oh, really? They're all truthful <laughs> Is women. his wife still with him? Well, you know, I happen to remember a time in the early 80s, late, late 80s, early 90s, she was going to leave him. Now, I can't speak for their relationship, but uh, you get used to a lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah. even though she'd probably get 50% of the three, four, five hundred million. Uh, sometimes you don't want to rock the boat, but listen, she has to live with it. I feel bad for her. But, you know, uh, some men are just driven that they don't think they're successful unless somebody's, you know, blowing them in the car. You know, they got a billion dollars and nothing. Uh, oh, that's all great, but they have to constantly be reinsured that way, and I'm sure that's some kind of disease. But, you know, uh, it's one thing to be a womanizer and, and, and like that. It's another thing to drug the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a you know, strange. First yeah. off, you're the first big black television star Huge. ever. You're winning Emmys. You're popping out records that are getting every kind of award. If you can't get a girl's clothes off, <laughs> quit. <laughs> quit. That's really good advice. Amazing. So yeah. obviously wow. he digs them unconscious. Yeah, he likes yeah. it. And that it's weird. therein is a sickness that needs mm-hmm. help. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's Because true. if you're a celebrity and can't get laid, get out of the business. Yeah. Psychedelic necrophilia. Psychedelic. Is that what it's called? The new reality show. Starring Alan Lee. Like, <laughs> like one of those 70 bands that like, like you've never heard of, you know, like the electric plug. Well, as long as he wears this outfit he's got on, he'll fit in. You know? I was like, Alan. I was like, <laughs> Alan. I was like, Alan Lee was smart on that, man. So I'm just looking for shows, ideas, you know, anything. Now, uh, now, Mr. Steven, I, I have a question for you. <laughs> me with the mister but go ahead oh no because uh, anyways Miss- only two places you learn to say mister in the service in prison but I'll let you keep your secret <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, Mr. Alan Steven I have a question for you do you like sitcoms with a live audience track or without you mean a phony laugh track yeah well no because there's some sitcoms out there like no here's the difference uh, yeah. a live one records the live audience and just uses that most shows have a phony laugh track or enhance theirs with a phony laugh track. Yeah. Yes, I did not do that. No. I, I can't say what happened before I was in charge of that at Roseanne. Yeah. Oh, oh, When I took over, 
I don't know how it is now, but back then it was just a handful of people that knew how to work this particular laughter instrument. And they did every show, and you'd go in there, and they're, you know, they're bitter and jilted. They do it all day long, and they're sitting there with Punky Brewster going, oh, God, that's a joke. You know? <laughs> so they just do this with the butt, you know. Somebody comes in, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where the jokes are, you're going to make them. When I went in there, I, I actually turned around and said, what was that? Well, we're, we're, we thought there should be laughter. I go, but there wasn't, so leave it alone. So I did a lot of things that they wouldn't normally do, like... Uh, the one playing Roseanne's baby in the last few years I think there's a cold opening where she's talking to the baby and you never know what they're going to do and normally they're twins for some reason we didn't have a twin and he's sitting there and she's talking and then, and then you got to do it again and, you know the baby starts to fidget a little bit and this kid's doing, being pretty good and she takes a carrot stick that's there and she just dips it in chocolate and sticks it in his mouth and the kid goes whoa <laughs> <laughs> And when I got uh, the edited version before, you know, Ghost of Networks or Roseanne, I said, what happened to that shot? Well, we used another one. The baby, I go, yeah, the baby did what a baby does, put it back. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's yeah. nice. Well, yeah. you know, I'm from a different school. Well, I, that, didn't, I didn't go to the Harvard and the Yales. And, you know, I came from the school of hard knock laughter. Well, that, so it was hard for me to sit with these people. Well, that's funny, Alan. You know, maybe senior year at your place it was. But I do it every night, so I had a lot of problems with the... And so did uh, did you have Norm on yet? Yeah, yes, I we had did. Norm, yeah. Well, Norm yes, calls them, I think, Yaleys, and I think I call them Harvard shits. So That's right, yeah. Yaleys. Yeah, I love Norm. He's one he of my best friends. He wasn't happy with those people either. Yeah. So who, who do you think is really funny? Today? Mm-hmm. Maybe favorites. Well, I do like the guy you had on Bags. I love oh, Bill Burr. Great. Bill Burr's great. Yeah. It's very hard to make me laugh. I come from an old school where everybody... When I started, everybody on the lineup was funny. Not two guys out of 20. Every one of them. And then in between them was huge celebrities. Yeah. That must so have you been either incredible. sunk or swam. There was one point where I got comfortable. And let's say four celebrities would go on. And I'm scheduled like to go on at 1 in the morning. And the last celebrity would be done at 11.30. Well, all the comics in between me and them wouldn't want to go on they don't want to follow them but it's tricks at that point all you have to do is dismissive be dismissive and never let them see that you're nervous you know like one time I, I well Paul Mooney Paul Mooney you know Paul yeah who he is Paul Mooney was just killing in there one night and uh, I went up and you know they're just staring like well, who is this guy and I uh, I said Paul are you still in the room he said yeah I go, eh, bring the car around <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? You know, (laughs) nobody laughed harder than Paul, but I think I did that with Richard one night. Um, You just gotta, you know, move on. I once went. uh, Amy Schumer once came up in front of me because she was doing a set to practice her jokes for a roast at the Improv. So my time got cut, but they still let me perform. You know, I went up after her. And, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, Keith's going on after her. And I was like, well, it's either I go on now or I don't go on the See, show. in my day, yeah. you were a puss if you didn't. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's the game. They are no different than you. If you're a plumber, you don't follow another plumber. Yeah. You but, know, they just have to, they're just either doing better at the time. That doesn't make them funnier. But I remember all and the some comics of these people were get like, a celebrity buy. You ever see that one? Oh, yeah. Where they'll get a buy for five minutes, and then the audience will go, wait a minute, they're not funny. Yeah. Well, see, everyone was like, oh, my God, you're actually... Uh, I remember it was either I go up after 
or I don't perform on the show. And I was like, I love stand-up so much, I'll just go off after. And, like, Amy came up to me after the show. She's like, hey, you're really funny. And then she left. She respected what you did. There's no need to be afraid. And if you are, get out of the business. That's true. Get out of the business. If you don't think you're funny enough to follow, uh, and I can see if you think uh, you're too new, you know what I mean? But the only way you learn, and this is the beauty of comedy, you never stop learning. That's true. You that, never stop learning. It's a it's a book. And that, unless you listen, the whole thing is already a walking a tightrope. It's an unnatural act. Why would you not just challenge it on every level? I mean, it's the hardest art form you can do. I think exciting. besides ballet dancing, and ballet dancing is harder only because it's got a short lifespan and you cripple your feet and bleed. Yeah. But we do that mentally. Yeah, that's, I like that. So. That's great advice from Alan and Stephen, guys. There you go. And we only have a couple more guy minutes. Guy wrote the ending show you probably don't like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only have a we only have a couple minutes because the director gave me the light. But uh, Alan, is there anything that you're working on now that you want to promote or you can't say? Well, I can't say. I can't. will say it involves Keith Reza, a huge celebrity. Oh. But we've been chasing him for a year and a half. But we'll see. Is it John Cusack? No. (laughs) No. No, but if I see him, I'll tell him. Please do. Yeah, tell him Megan says hi. And he'll say, you mean the the girl that tweeted 20 times? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, leave it at 20. That sounds better. I go, yeah, those two. <laughs> that's uh that's a perfect scarily accurate is there uh do you want uh people to like find you on facebook or like where they could well like, if they're interested in dating me they can go to facebook uh, oh are you single wanted, yes oh it, ladies right, there you go he's very <laughs> handsome i'll take some glamour shots oh, later and post sweet. them for you uh, just we keep the hundred <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or if you want to give me a job or just say hi, I am on Facebook. All right. I do enjoy that. Alan Steven, and he's my friend on Facebook. He's my so friend. Thank you. You're not you my come friend. come pitch me your show. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it. I'm going to talk to you. I don't want to say it on the airwaves because I don't want someone to take it. But we'll talk privately after the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's a great <laughs> idea. It's, it's a great idea. In the psychedelic green room. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I, think, I think you'll like the idea. Your voice I, is just... It, you know, who's the guy Stern always has on from Star Trek? Oh, um... He's got a fantastic Shatner? voice. No, the... No, Shatner. Uh, You're not so Shatner, Alan. Shatner. He's one of the guys on there. Uh, Stuttering John. Gay man, I can't oh. think of his name. Oh, George Takai. Oh, your voice and his voice together. Oh my God, that's funny. Like I hear it. Night jazz. Yes. <laughs> yes. Stunning sounds. Of Absolutely. You just have a great voice. Bobby Bobby Slayton said Alan has a late night radio voice. <laughs> that's what I just said. Only smooth jazz. And by the way, I love that man. Oh, Bobby Slayton. Oh, yeah. There's a guy. You know, see, to me, there's funny. There's funny, and it's been funny. You know, a lot of these guys aren't going to last. I don't think a Bill Burr will, but a lot. Some of them are flavor of the month. Look at Bobby Slayton, consistently great. funny forever. Great. I love Bobby. I, I call him my comedy grandfather. He's a great man. So, all right, guys. Well, we got to go. Pretty daughter. Let me just say that too. Oh, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, right. She's a singer. She's yeah, she's in a band, right? Yeah. yeah, she's like uh, huge. Yeah. Bobby mentioned that. Yeah, yeah he did. He's he, very proud. And he should be. Yeah. Um. Well, right. thanks for having me on. I know it's time oh, to wrap up. Yeah, thank, you for, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey. 
Alan Lee, do you have anything going on before you uh, uh, head you out? Know, I was, we were going to share with Alan that we're going to go visit Mark Marin now. He's at the uh, Steve Allen. So that's all I have going on instead of going to, you know, bother him, stalk. We're all going to stalk Mark Marin. Excellent. The Steve Allen. I, I think the stalking, we don't, we don't actually stalk people. This is good. Yeah. The, if, if, Roseanne, if you're listening, it wasn't stalking. It was my Asperger's that screwed that up. It's all funny. It's all in fun, Roseanne. All right. But, uh, but no, seriously, Rose. she's listening. <laughs> no, sure. I'm sure she's yeah. tuned in right at What's this up, moment. What's up, Roseanne? Yeah, it's just a little room in her house <laughs> where she has every podcast clip. <laughs> All 9,000 of them. <laughs> well, guys, uh, this, this episode of uh, Razor Riffs is brought to you by the Stand Up Magazine. And it, that I'll soon be in a that, Yeah. yeah. Alan yeah. Stephen is going to do. And uh, you could get you could download a copy at www.thestandup.net. And that's again www.thestandup.net. The Stand Up Premier Comedy Magazine. It has Theo Vaughn on it this month, who maybe, I think. Maybe I'll try to be their first nude centerfold. Yeah. Here you go. I'd buy right it. here. It's you, a gr- you'll go blind. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great magazine. It tells you uh, about uh, comedy and stuff, and we're gonna get you on it. And you know, that's gonna be awesome, guys. Uh, I'm Keith Reza, Alan Lee. Say good night, buddy. Good night, buddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, the beautiful Megan Jenkins. Good night. Good night. And once again, thanks again, Alan Stephen. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. <laughs> You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.